0: This is Live On Purpose Radio, Episode 583, Passion Struck, with John Miles. Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink, who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. Joining me today is an author who has had quite a journey he's also a podcaster in fact his book passion struck and his podcast by the same name are getting quite a following and this has to do with john's journey i think and john you get to share some of that with us today here at live on purpose radio help me to welcome john miles everybody welcome to the show john
1: Hey, Dr. Paul, so ecstatic to be here, and I cannot wait to have this conversation with you and to serve your audience in the biggest way that we can.
0: Well, I am honored that you're here. I know a little bit about your story, and the thing that excites me about these interviews, I get to talk to people like yourself who have had compelling experiences that they then go forward and share with other people in powerful ways. You're doing that through your book, through your podcast. John, share with our audience here today just a little bit about your story and why you're so passionate about this message that you're sharing with people.
1: Yeah, I'm going to start off from my childhood. And I think people have probably heard of Jim Quick. Who wrote the book limitless and he's known Mm. as the boy with the broken brain and i had a life experience when i was in a similar position and age to jim where my brain also got broken as well i was five or six years old playing in the backyard and was pushed by one of my friends in the neighborhood and my head crashed through a basement window And Ah. it resulted in a a traumatic brain injury, stitches. Um, But more importantly, it had lasting impacts. It caused me to have cognitive issues, um, processing, audio processing issues. I had a speech impediment that developed. I developed self-confidence issues. And it really started to make me become so so self-aware of all the deformities in myself and how I perceived other people were looking at me that I was already an introvert and it caused me to kind of revert further and further into myself. And Mm. I tell that story because it, it got to a point where I realized as I was growing up that I either continue to live this way or I could take charge and I could find my way out of it and carve a new path. And I as- created confidence. I started to overcome the self-doubts that I faced. And I did it by doing things that, even as a young kid, pushed my limits at in fifth grade, I got a paper out in high school. I joined the high school musical, something I would have never done because I would lose my thought mid midterm, and it scared me to death. But I just learned that, If you're going to get somewhere in life, you have to be able to put yourself out there and overcome any barrier to achieving your goals. And then that kind of followed me as I went to the Naval Academy, was an officer in the military, and then in my corporate career, you know, culminating in senior executive roles in the Fortune 50 and various CEO roles before I was, I started doing what I'm doing today. So I like to tell that story because I think we each Mm -hmm. have our own starting point.
0: And as your story illustrates so well, stuff happens. And it's not necessarily things that you'd sign up for. You didn't ask to go through a basement window as a child. Um, You didn't ask for a traumatic brain injury, but these things happen. And I think we live in a world now where, where burnout and mental health challenges and relationship struggles, um, people wondering about their purpose. That that is so prevalent now. And you have found through your own experience and through working with all the people that you work with now, that it's not luck that allows us to get past this. Would you agree with that statement?
1: Yeah, I mean, luck plays a very small bit in it, but I think you achieve the luck once you put in the work to do the other elements that get you into that position where luck even has a factor.
0: I'm remembering, I think it was Mark Twain that said, I'm a big believer in luck. And I have found that the harder I work, the more I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, you've learned some powerful principles through this. I know in your book, Passion Struck, you identify 12 Of those principles. I, I don't know that we have time to get through all 12, but as we've got a chance here to talk to you today, what bubbles to the surface for you as being maybe the starting point for most people? If they're feeling trapped in their life or by their circumstances, what have you found is maybe one of the first steps that people can take to begin to do exactly what we're talking about on this show, to live on purpose.
1: So, Dr. Paul, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, I had a friend of mine, Andreas Widmer, on my podcast probably 18 months ago, and I'm going to just set the scene for you. Uh, Andreas is this guy who's probably 6'8", six, 6'9", six, just innumerable. I mean, he is just Mr. Confidence, and he right. runs the business school at the Catholic University in Washington, D.C. But when he was 18 or 19 years old, he was completely listless in life. He had no direction at all. He happened to apply to become a Swiss Guard and miraculously was accepted. And he was a Swiss Guard to Pope John Paul II. And the way he explains the story is that the Pope who you've got to think is one of the busiest people outside of the president on the planet yeah was really he said such an interesting individual because he would make anyone who was in his presence feel as if they were the most important person on earth and he said that he had that this intuition that allowed him to almost peer into your soul and to see the biggest issues that you were experiencing and he said one day, they were having a one-on-one, and he peered into Andreas' soul, and he he basically said, I can tell that you are directionless. You, you don't know what your life is designed for. And he goes, but I want to tell you the biggest secret in your whole life is that God created you to be unique. There is only one Andreas who will ever live on this earth. There's only one expression of you who will ever come into being. And so we said the most important thing that you have to do is practice life crafting and cultivate that unique life that you were created for, that only you get to serve. And this is really the first of the major principles that I bring up in the book. And it's called We Need to Become a Mission Angler. And it's all about the behavior science practice of life crafting the future self that we aspire to be and really searching for that mission or that problem in life that we are uniquely positioned to solve. And I think people come to this conclusion that it's going to hit them out of thin air and there isn't going to be work in it. And I think what you have to do, and it's a skill that so many of us don't practice As if it's one of the most important things in our life is self awareness. It is through self awareness and mindful reflection that we discover what our uniqueness is, what we have been called to serve, and what we're supposed to accomplish with our talents on earth. So I tell that story because I think to me, that mission angler component is the starting point.
0: That implies that we all do have a purpose. Whether we're aware of it or not, that's another question, right? But that purpose exists. And as I'm listening to you, John, I can tell that you, you carry that fundamental belief inside of yourself, that there is a purpose, not only for you, but for every other human being on the planet. And we each have a unique set of characteristics which includes strengths and weaknesses it's all part of your unique set that that makes you a unique individual you know you started us out john by telling about this story when you were young of of experiencing that traumatic brain injury is that part of your purpose now how, how do our weaknesses play into that? What's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to take credit for this saying, but my friend Rory Vaden, he's the first person I heard say it, but we are best positioned to serve the person that we once were. And I think there's so yeah. much truth to it because there are so many things that I've gone through that I wouldn't wish on my Worst enemy. That if I could help someone prevent that from happening to them in their life, I mean, I live to do that. So mm. I think people see my background; they'll read my resume, and they'll be like, "This guy was a partner in a big four firm. He was the CEO, CIO of a Fortune 50. He was the CEO of these companies. He was a decorated military officer. He went to the Naval Academy," and they think that people who are high achievers like myself have it all together and the truth is that we face the same self doubt imposter syndrome all the fear that anyone else faces and sometimes we face it even more and i think what a lot of people try to do is instead of leaning into it and being vulnerable with it they do what i did and and that it was for so many years Try to hide it. And what ends up happening when you do that, and it's something I talk about in the book, is we live behind masks. I call it the mask of pretense. But ultimately, when you do that, you're not living authentically. And when you're not living authentically, I can tell you, you're not going to feel inner contentment, happiness. You're not going to have the relationships and health and other things that you long for because you will know that you're letting yourself down and it's going to impact your self worth. And then that's what results in us becoming addicted to things, whether it's alcohol, drugs, work, pornography, sex, whatever it might be, because we then are using it as an outlet to try to have some sense of self-worth because we feel so low about how we picture ourselves.
0: I think that was beautifully said. And as you shared that, John, I'm thinking about the many stories that I'm personally familiar with, both through 30 years of clinical practice, but also I've been doing this podcast since 2007, which is before podcasting was even a thing. And I have found as I've interviewed people that every inspiring story has a hard part if there's no hard part in it, it's not inspiring. But you put that into context, it's not a story about the struggle. It's a story about the, the victory over that struggle. Um, and yet we do tend to put on the masks. When you When you were saying that, I had a picture come to my mind. And I don't know if you've had a similar experience ever, but someone's wearing a mask. And it's a little creepy. You can't see the real person. But I'm talking about a physical mask, like a Halloween mask, for example. It's a little creepy, right? Because you can tell it's not real. And when we try to hide ourselves, even behind a psychological mask or a mask of addiction of some kind, other people can't see us clearly and it's a little creepy. But that authenticity, when we when we get out from behind the mask and embrace every part of us uh, the the struggles as well as the victories that's what becomes inspiring i think that's one reason that your story is so inspiring john i mean it's not that you were a, an executive in these high high level companies that's impressive it's that you're a human and you overcame human struggles to experience success, both in business and in in relationships, and and your personal sense of self, uh, that's what's inspiring. Is that you're a real person?
1: Yeah, I think so many of us I try to hide all of that realness. I know in the culture I was brought up in, being the son of a Marine Corps father. Mm-hmm you know, going to parochial schools, going into the Naval Academy, becoming an officer, we're kind of taught not to show any vulnerabilities. We're we're taught not to show those outer emotions. Yet what I found the more senior I got in my career, and there's a great book by Marshall Goldsmith that talks about what got you here isn't going to get you to where you want to be. And for me, That realization came when I was a vice president at Lowe's Home Improvement, and I went through these profiling exercises by a bunch of um, psychologists who were examining everyone who was on the high pro list for the potential of becoming an SVP EVP CEO of the company. And I was meeting with uh, one of these psychologists and she said, John, what got you here is I'm going to get you to that goal. And I came out of that meeting, and and I was really pissed because at that point, I was high on John. I mean, I was the youngest vice president in Lowe's. I had been kicking butt, but she was right. I had done it based on my intellect, hard work, those sorts of things. But she knew that as I got more senior in my career, that self-awareness and relationships were going to be key because the politics were only going to get worse. And if you didn't know how to properly utilize emotional intelligence, your own self-awareness, that you might be the one who's creating the toxic environments that that are happening and letting go of that ego and some other things, that my career was going to plateau, And so it took some real soul searching after that, because like anyone, I heard that and I was pissed off Mm. um, about what she said. But, you know, I went back to that time when I had that injury when I was a kid and I thought about it and I took the time to realize that she was right. And I had to make some pivots if I wanted to become the person that I aspired to be.
0: It's interesting that as humans, we have fears about looking that closely, right? It's almost like we're afraid that, well, I'm really going to discover that I am inadequate. When it's just the opposite. I think when, when you really take an earnest look and see yourself truthfully, it allows you to see everybody else more truthfully, too, which makes a powerful leader, which makes an influential parent. It, I do a lot of parent coaching as part of my practice. And one of the things that I say there is that the number one element of positive parenting is personal development. And I think that's true for leaders of any kind. Yes, it's true for parents, but what about a CEO or what about someone who's uh leading a congregation or or a movement of some kind? I think that self-awareness is so key. So I'm glad that that's where you're inviting us to start, to take a yeah. look, an honest look.
1: And that whole aspect of fear is actually, the fourth principle that I bring up, the the fear confronter. And that Mm -hmm. whole chapter is really about facing and dismantling your deepest self-doubts. Because I think the thing we don't realize is we are our biggest competitor. And what we end up doing is we become visionary arsonists to the very dreams and aspirations that we so want to achieve, because we let ourselves get in the way of accomplishing the things that we are meant to accomplish, and so in this yeah. chapter, I ended up profiling um, a Marine Corps Staff Sergeant named Kirsty Ennis. And Kirsty was in Afghanistan; she was on a helicopter, and she's on her last patrol before going home. And I mean, you can tell what happens next: the the aircraft crashes. She ends up becoming uh, an amputee as a result of it, plus a whole nother set of injuries. And, you know, she wakes up and here she is, and her life has fundamentally changed. And I think you've got a choice to make when that happens. Are you going to live your life from that point? And I'm using an extreme example, but it could have been me when I was that little kid. But from that point forward, you've got a choice. Are you going to live your life the best possible way that you can, given the things that are thrown at you? Or are you going to give in to the negativity and go the opposite direction? And in her case, she decided that she wanted to be an inspiration to others. And she's now climbed six of the seven highest peaks. She started a huge um, philanthropic arm to Of showcase to anyone that you can do anything that you set your mind to. And to me, overcoming that fear is really about facing and dismantling those things that are holding you back. And the way that you get through it is by immersing yourself into the very things that you fear the most. And you've got to reach a point that the saber-toothed tiger that you're so afraid is going to come out and grab you is an illusion in your mind. And you've got to look at if you do fail, if you do get rejected, perhaps that's a protection mechanism because you're supposed to do something even greater. You've got to reframe Mm -hmm. all of that because if you're not, you're going to be permanently stuck.
0: And stuck is an option. But it sucks. So if we can get unstuck, by becoming more familiar with our own mind and our own potential, our our mission. I think you started out with talking to us about mission angling and and drawing that in, getting clear about that. You have a purpose. Uh, John, you've shared some powerful ideas with us. There's more in your book and in your podcast. It's called Passion Struck by John R. Miles. You can go find that wherever you find your books. Uh, And the podcast by the same name. John, what else would you encourage our listeners today to do if they want to take that next step forward?
1: I think one of the most important things that they need to realize is action leads to action. But there are different ways, as you were just talking about, that you can take that action. And a big thing that I talk about throughout the book is we can have passion and perseverance, as Angela Duckworth calls grit. But if you're not intentional about where you're applying it, your life isn't going to go the way that you want it to. Mm. And so I often talk about when people ask me, what does it mean to be intentional? I think every single day we are faced with decisions that hit us left and right. There are thousands of them. But if you can cultivate A mechanism where you're making the hard choices instead of the easy choices. And let me explain that. To me, the easy choices are the ones where you're going against your core values, you're going against your beliefs, you're going against the aspirations that you want to cultivate. I mean, it could be as simple as you're in college and you've got a huge paper that you got to write, but instead of taking the steps to do that and getting this grade that you want to take you to the next level, you go out drinking with your buddies instead. I mean, that's that's just an example, but some of these decisions are even bigger. So intentionality is really the more actions that you start taking, the more tiny habits that you start creating. If you make the hard choices when you're doing them, it's going to lead you to a tsunami of greatness. But if you keep making those easy choices that go further and further against who you truly are inside, it's going to lead you to a valley of despair. And I think the most important thing I want people to understand is that choice is yours.
0: Until you see it as a choice, it's not. And you'll roll with whatever the default is. I think that's a powerful message, John, and one that that. As we realize where our choice is, that puts us back into a position of power and control. And I'm not saying you control everything about life. You don't. But if you get clear about what you do control, and that real estate between your ears, uh, that makes all the difference. And it sets the stage for everything that is to come. John, thank you so much for your contributions here today. Um, once again, folks, I would encourage you to check out John's book. Called Passion Struck. There is a podcast by the same name, where you can tap into more of the wisdom that we got here today from John R. Miles. John, thank you for being a guest here today at Live on Purpose Radio.
1: Hey, Doctor Paul, thank you so much. And I just wanted to mention that if they, if the audience pre-orders the book right now before that first week ends in February six. I have curated over $300 worth of incredible bonus gifts that you will get. And these include a masterclass on five steps that I've used to finding my purpose. And I also have a 30-page ebook on intrinsic motivation for both your professional and personal life. And I put in here a 50-plus page workbook on the deliberate action process that I cover in the, the book. But I don't actually go into in depth how to apply it in your life. And you'll get access to that as well.
0: Ah, where's the best place to connect to that, John? Just going to the website, passionstruck.com.
1: Passionstruck.com forward slash passionstruck book.
0: Forward slash passionstruck book. Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes as well, folks, so you can connect to John and what he's doing there. Um Great message, and I would encourage everyone as you're listening today, if you have felt inspired as I have, that you take that next step to actually apply it. It's time. Let's go live on purpose. Did you get what you came for? Give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today please share this episode with someone you know would value it and leave us a rating too. It's time now to live on purpose.